love. The Adventures of Robin Hood. So here I go. The Coming of Briar Tuck. And here's a great friar, good as heart can desire, to absolve all your sins as as the case may require. Oh, with courage, so stout lays his oak plant about, and puts to the road all the foes to his choice. So, for we are his jesters, we merry foresters, choosing thus with our Maryland friar. Thomas Love Peacock, read Mary. 22. Summer had come and gone, and leaves were turning brown in Sherwood, when on a day as little John and Scarlet and the pig of Robin's men practiced archery and quarterstaff in the secret blade, Marion said suddenly, Robin, pray you do surprise me that we have heard nothing of our good brother Michael. Robin nodded thoughtfully. He knows that you dwell now in the forest, he said, for he did you good service on the day of Gamal Feast when the bride of Gisborne and the sheriff tried to take you. That was indeed a strange encounter, Marion remarked. He came suddenly along the riverbank, waving his mighty staff, and disappeared as suddenly as the fray without speaking a word to me. Your father forbade him to visit at you at Orlingford, inquired Robin. Marion nodded. And the abode of Fountain's Abbey cast him out also, she added. He said that he would live a hermit in some cell by the river as a plain friar took. Robin thought for a little while, and then with an exclamation, he called Will Scarlet to him. Scarlet, what was it you were saying not many days since a hermit of a hermit living in a cell at Compensert? He's a mighty man, said Scarlet, who looks far too well fed. He and well drunk also to be a hermit, but he dwells there all alone by the river, and for a penny he cried any traveler across the river at ford there, though I doubt not but that he asks a good fee for his ferrying. It is said also that he will fight on a challenge with the quarter staff and crack of the crown of any man who dares stand against him. Now, cried Robin, I swear that by the virgin that I will go tomorrow and seek this hermit. If if he proved to be Michael Cuff, so much better 
and if not, we will at least have a round at the crown cracking. Will if he be a good feel fellow, fellow, and a virtuous priest as well, he would be gainers by his presence among us here in the fort. Next morning, morning, according to Robin, disguised himself as a wandering minstrel, though with without for seeking either bow or sword and set out through the forest on, on, in the direction of Gamwell. He turned aside when he came to the river, followed it for some time until he came to the fort of Compensers. And he there, sure enough, was about more further side, like a wisp of smoke rising upon the rocks, showed that the hermitage built against the cliff edge was inhabited. Hola, good ferryman, ho there, shouted Robin. Who calls? answered a deep voice, and a gigantic friar stood strode out upon the riverbank. He was dressed in brown robe, such as friars wore, but it was well brittled about with a pearl of gourd at which hung a forged broadsword on his head in place of a hood. The friar wore a ram's headpiece where while the sleeves rolled back showed bright muscular arms far better suited for a warrior than a priest. Now then my fine fellow shouted Robin come and ferry me over the river. All in good time my son all in good time boomed the friar and seizing a mighty staff he stepped into the boat and pulled it across to where Robin stood. A mere minstrel, he grumbled as Robin stepped aboard. He would have spun it, and the wedding would have done him good. It was for my bow. Then they reached the other side of the fire and the friar sprang quickly on shore and turned to his passenger. Now then, he cried, let me see how you purchase lane. Surely, good hermit, said Robin boldly, you would not turn robber? Not so, answered the friar. I do, but ask for alms, as it is the church's due. No man is compelled to give alms, Robin reminded him, save only by his conscience. A good doctrine, agreed the friar, but the office of the priest is to awake the conscience, which, which I will now proceed with 
proceed to do with my good staff across your shoulders unless your concerns should be awake already. Come then and search my purse, said Robin, pretending to change in fear. The friar dropped his staff and advanced in unexpectedly, and Robin suddenly whipped out his sword and held it to the friar's throat. For that base hermit, he cried, he shall carry me across the river once more, and this time it shall be upon your back, and no fee shall you receive for doing save a cracked sons. If you again demand any, a bargain, said the friar calmly, for the water is low and the labor is light, and the fee such a one as I release. The friar bent down and Robin, still with the drawn sword in hand, mounted on his back, walking as if he took no note of his burden. The friar strode down into the water and made his way across the ford until he had brought Robin safe and dry to the other bank. Here, however, he pitched him to the ground so suddenly that he was forced to drop his sword and save himself from falling. Now then, my fine fellow, said the friar, setting his foot on Robin's blade and drawing his own as he spoke, you must carry me back across the river and I'll crack your spoon and in payment when we get on the other side. Turn and turn about, cried Robin cheerfully, and he bent his back and took up his enormous weight up to the fire. It was hard labor indeed, even for so strong a man as Robin, for a friar must have weighed nearly twenty stone, but he carried him down to the river and wadded slowly and carefully into the middle of the stream. A good mouse, truly proud of the fat friar, chuckling to himself at Robin's exertions. This puts me in mind of a fable worked by the learned Isaac of two simpletons who carry their ass home from the market from the market town. Yes, panted Robin, but but it reminds me more of another fable, that of the ass with the bags of salt. That was a better example and wiser, or so it seems to me. And as he said this, Robin gave a sudden destructive jerk and flung the friar over his head into the deepest part of the river. Then he sprang hastily to the bank and, and turned back to laugh heartedly at the great fat figure floundering and blowing like a whale in the water, his bald scar scalp covered in green slime and 
chickweed. Fine fellow, fine fellow, spluttered the friar, scrambling to shore at length. Make your ready now, and I will pay you the cracked skull and I own you. No, no, laughed Robin. I have not earned it, but you have earned it, and you alone shall have it. After that, they set at one another with great stage, and smitting and fitting, the raining blows like two lousy farmers rushing corn. At last they paused their sheer weariness, and though neither was beaten, both had paid the toil and broken scone. Honor me thinks it's satisfied, but satisfied, puffed the friar. Let us shake hands and part friends. You are a stout fellow for a minstrel by the root. I have used sword as well as harp, answered Robin, but never have I met such a wielder of the kudo as, as you are. So a truce to our quarrel, and come let us while in your cell. There, doubtless, you can set food and drink before a poor warden. Ayla, said the friar, looking suddenly meek and pious. There is no food here in there, he, food here, fit for a man such as yourself. You are welcome to share a frugal diet of a poor hermit, vowed of fascinating in prayer. With that, he led Robin to the hermitage, which was no more than a rough hut and stone with wood and thatched roof. But across the front of the cave, in a low cliff, which fingered at the river at that point, there was a table, a, a, a couple of stools, a crucifix hanging on the wall, and a bed of leaves and dried grass at the back of the shallow cave. The friar reached down a dish of peas from the shelf of rock and set it on the table and poured water out of a jug into a couple of drinking horns. It seems holy, brother, said Robin, sitting himself on a stool and sampling a mouthful of peas without much enjoyment. It seems that a few peas and a jug of water have thriven you marvelously. Surely it is a miracle when a man who lives upon a handful of peas is yet round and red-faced, as lusty a fighter as you have shown yourself to be. Ah, good minstrel, answered the friar, with a deep sigh. It has pleased Our Lady and my patron saint, the holy Dustin, to bless exceedingly and passions to which I restrain myself. Aye, but there is no such blessing granted to poor wayfarers like myself, said Robin. Surely some kindly forest ranger visits you 
from time to time and leave some store for use of travelers, which they are doubtless as ready as I am to pay for in an another coin than in fairy fee. So saying as he flung a piece of gold on the table, the eyed the friar with a merry twinkle in the eye. The friar looked at the coin hungrily, hummed and yawned for a while, and then going to the side of the cave, opened the cupboard cunningly and concealed in the rock and drew out an enormous ven venison pasty. He led, set it on the board and Robin set to work to his, satisfy his hunger at such a speed that the pasty began visibly to shrink. And the friar sat watching him, his face grow, growing longer and longer as the pasty grew shorter and shorter, until at last Robin took pity on him and exclaimed, The friar, far be it from me to tempt you to break your vows of abstinence, but surely good manners demand that a host should par partake the, of the same dish as his guest, if only to show that the dish is wholesome and harmless. By the rood, and cried the friar, his eyes lighting up, long surgeon alone in the hermit's cell can had made you forget the excellent rule. A thousand apologies, my worthy guest. With, with that, he set to work on the other end of the pasty, cramming in two mouthfuls for every one that Robin could take. And before long, the dish was empty. Holy man, Robin said, I'll wager another piece of gold that the same forester who left the pasty here for a good cheer of travelers set also a stroke of wine for their further refreshment i think that if you were to search for a cupboard again you would find that i was right the prior rose to speech with a boar with a broad grin which he tried in vain to transform into a look of pious reproach and set before his guest a leathern bottle containing at the least a gallon. From this he filled the two horns and then said, Sir Stranger, pledge me in this, and as the duty bond tell your name. Right willingly, answered Robin, but once again you forget that you are my host, and a man must know the name of his bluntness and trainer. I am but a plain hermit of companion host, was the answer, and my name is Friar Tuck. Then, good Friar Tuck, cried Robin, good brother Michael, that was, I drink to you, I, Robin Hood, who once also had another name, Weiss Hale, Friar Tuck. Drink hail, Robin Hood, answered Friar Tuck, draining his horn at a single draught. Right glad I am the minstrel could hide so a good man.
Come back to Sherwood with me, Jolly Friar, begged Robin. I have come with behind to receive you with a summons from Lady Marion, whose confessor you were. Truly, when you broke my head with your staff, I guessed you were the man I sought. But when you made such a short work of Venice and Pasty, I knew that I was right. With all my heart, bellowed Friar Tuck, pouring out another horn full of wine. Farewell to peace and spring water. You'll live well in the forest, Jolly Robin, or so is the set, or so is said. What that you need, the priest, there is no shadow of doubt. And that I am the priest you need, no one will dare to deny. Robin, meanwhile, had stepped on to the door of the hermitage and sounded the call to his men. Drink another drug before we go, shouted the friar tuck. It would be sad pity to leave behind a good wine. Here's to you, Robin Hood, and here's to your life in Mary Sherwood. And with that, they joined another horn and sang right lustily. O bold Robin Hood is a forester good, as ever drew bow in the merry green wood, and his bubbles shrill singing the echoes are ringing. The wild deer are springing to many a rood. It summons me, we follow through, through the brake over hollow, and the thrice blown shrill summons the bold Robin Hood. So that was chapter eight. Bye guys, see you later. See you later, see you later, see you, see you later. Bye guys.